0: You're listening to Everybody Pulls the Tarp, the go-to podcast for high performers. I'm Andrew Moses. Each week, you'll hear my thought-provoking conversations with Olympians, pro athletes, CEOs, elite coaches, best-selling authors, and other high performers to uncover their secrets to success. Get ready to be inspired each week when we talk about leadership, teamwork, work ethic, and more. Are you ready? Let's go. Hi, everyone. Let's get into it and pull that tarp. My guest today is Chris Helfrich, the CEO of Steph and Aisha Curry's Eat, Learn, Play Foundation. If you enjoy my conversation with Chris, be sure to subscribe to Everybody Pulls the Tarp in your favorite podcast app and leave a review to help others find the show. Chris, welcome to Everybody Pulls the Tarp. Thanks for having me, Andrew. I'm, uh, I'm really excited to be here. Chris, I'm excited to get into everything with you. You've you've had a fantastic career and you're you're only just beginning in the nonprofit world and now you're doing some really cutting-edge, exciting, you know, community-oriented things with Stephen Curry and Aisha Curry. We're going to get into it all to just set a baseline for all the listeners. Tell everybody what Eat Learn Play is. Yeah, so Eat Learn Play Foundation Started by Stefan and Aisha
1: Curry. I, I was very involved in, in, in building it, but it's their foundation. Uh, we launched in, in July of 2019 with sort of the goal of, you know, trying to serve our community here in Oakland, California as well as possible and making sure that really every child in, in Oakland has the opportunities to reach their full potential. And we focus on these three pillars that are You know, key ingredients for a happy, healthy, and successful childhood and are also these issues that are, that are really personal to Aisha and Stefan. So the eat, you know, focuses on hunger and food security. Our learn pillar, uh, we've adopted early childhood literacy as our number one issue in that pillar. And then play, obviously, you know, is, is, is that comes from Steph, but it's rooted in his understanding and personal experience knowing that play was such a an important part of his character development just as it's an important part of every child's development and you know while we know these things to be true kids are are playing less than they than they have in generations and so you know we're, we work in our play pillar to make sure kids have the opportunities and the safe places to play and and be active and so it's been a pretty wild ride through covid for the first couple of years of of Earn play but yeah, to your point, Andrew, you know, our, our, we're just getting started here.
0: So when was the organization created? Because it wasn't, it, it it hasn't been too long. I mean, and then and then we jumped right into COVID.
1: Yeah, you know, we started building the foundation in, in early 2019. We officially launched in July of 2019. And little did we know at the time that our timing on this was perfect, right? With the pandemic some, you know, six months away, unfortunately. We we had just enough runway to get our legs underneath us as, as, as an organization. And get rooted in in the community enough so that we could pivot and really help play a leadership role for the community when the pandemic hit, focused really exclusively on on food security and hunger, which spiked to like unprecedented levels really quickly in you know in, in March and April of last year. And so you know we were just fortunate to have been able to play a major role during the pandemic, just making sure that oakland kids, families, and anyone who you know struggling with food insecurity, that, that they had the food they needed to be healthy.
0: So, for you as a leader, how do you deal with that? Right, you you have presumably you have a business plan, and you've had a couple you know board meetings, and and you've uh, you, you've gotten yourself organized, and then everything kind of changes, and the priorities shift. How do you navigate that as a leader?
1: Yeah, you know, we we, we had to throw the business plan out the window essentially. And it was, you know, a funny story. It was like in a, in a board meeting that we had in maybe mid February of, of 2020. And it was Aisha towards the end of it. Aisha is very up to date on current events and trends and all these things. And Aisha just sort of said, you know, I keep reading about COVID. Like, what happens if it comes here and, and is it, and as bad as some people are predicting? And so, you know, I, uh, along with our, our small team, just had to sort of had to sit on that. And we had learned enough and, and had developed these, these relationships with key partners to realize that food security was going to be a big issue, right? Wow. Recognizing that schools were about to close indefinitely. And, and just in Oakland, we knew that 18,000 of the district's 55,000 students relied on school meals for two or three meals every day. And so uh, with no school in sight, how can... you know the The, the question was, how can we make sure these kids get fed. And so, you know, it was, frankly, you know, it, it, I really enjoy this stuff, right? Being able to try to create a vision out of a problem and work with the team to connect dots to, to try to come up with some semblance of a, of a solution that we can rally, uh, you
0: know, people, donors, partners behind. Are you sure are. You're no stranger, Chris, to creative solutions to complex problems. You know, formerly the, the CEO at the Starlight Foundation, which does you know some amazing work, how did you find yourself into the nonprofit world?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess this is somewhat by accident, but I got an opportunity right out of school to, um, to actually, you know, help run, launch and run a, a public jazz radio station in San Antonio, Texas. You know, my alma mater, Trinity University, owned this radio station that was just sort of mixed format, and my senior year had... a. Uh, had made the decision to to move it to a to a jazz radio station, like a real jazz radio station. And I had worked there as a student. And they just sort of said, hey, can you help, you know, try to raise money, try to build our public profile and make this radio station self-sustainable within a couple of years. And so I fell into it and but realized early on that it was probably not an accident that I was in sort of a mission driven space. But you know, I, I come from a family and and come from a mom who like you know, service is truly in her blood, and I think I got a little bit of that from her, and definitely have been inspired by by her and and, and both of my parents. And so, you know, I think actually, you know, Andrew, it's it's been a long time coming for me. It's it's where I tr- just derive so much of my own sort of personal
0: satisfaction. How do you go about finding what what you're going to be passionate about? Right? I mean, there's there's so many great causes out there. You know, it's not just about nonprofit or or not nonprofit, it's about finding causes and, and, and organizations and foundations that you're passionate about. How do you, how do, you do that?
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a great question. And I mean, for me personally, you know, well, there's, there's some people who, you know, it's, it's, it's childhood cancer or it's uh, environmentalism. And that's great. For me, I care about so many of these issues. And I just want to, you know, I just want to make the world a little bit better, right? And I know that sounds a little cheesy, but for me, you know, I realized, like, I can get excited probably about a thousand different issues, right? There's, there's a lot of important causes and a lot of things that need some help. And so I've, uh, you know, it, it was a recognition for me that, you know, there, there's a lot of opportunities for me. And it's being able to, you know, bring people together to create a vision, create partnerships, raise money, like, these were the assets that I think I bring to the table and that I could bring to any number of causes. And so if you sort of look at you know, my, my career over the last, you know, almost 20 years now, it's, it's dotted with different issues, but there is there's that mission and social impact
0: piece that is consistent throughout. And I also like just getting to know you a little bit and your story, I kind of keep coming back to this, this ability to kind of reshape experiences, right? Like when you think about what you're doing at Starlight or what you were doing at Starlight, you're reshaping, you know, what, what is really a traumatic experience for a child to be seriously ill in a hospital or or seriously ill in general and you're bringing some you're trying to bring some joy and trying to come up with innovative creative ways to bring some imagination and play to that experience and it's not too far you know a field from what you're doing at eat learn play you're trying to kind of take some of these core pillars whether it's the nutrition the literacy and the play and you're kind of trying to bring it to the community in a different way talk about that for a moment any connection yeah,
1: you know, one of our one of our board members recently sort of did who I've known for quite some time sort of did did articulate that sort of saying, you're, you're more of a design thinker than I had ever realized or, or that I had, had, had realized. But yeah, I mean, once I came into these roles, I think I am you know, a, a creative thinker. And, and it, I mean, it all starts with listening, right? In terms of identifying the problems we're going to solve and what the needs of, of our partners in the community is. But like, yeah, I, I totally relish that, that in my job, it is a little bit of a blank canvas to come up with new and maybe not traditional Solutions to real challenges. You know, at, at Starlight, two quick examples there is we partnered to sort of help really launch and scale a revised, better hospital gown for kids. Realizing that these old hospital gowns that are like hard and scratchy and that, you know, tie down the middle of the back so a kid's butt's hanging out, like those hadn't been redesigned in any real way in over 100 years. It's like you see a prototype of a better gown that's soft and comfortable. And the ties down the side and that like is, is again, a blank canvas for graphic designs to put characters on or whatever kids want to want to see. And it's like, yeah, like let's, let's bring this to life because we know it will bring a smile and, and, and great impact to, the, to that kid. You know, also at Starlight, you know, we had this idea virtual reality in 2016 was beginning to take off as, as people have been claiming it would for like 20 years. And it was, you know, we're, we're struggling with how do we make this hospital experience better for kids who are stuck in the hospital for weeks or months on end. And just like this idea of, well, geez, what if we could teleport them anywhere in the world or the universe they want to go through the magic of VR. And so, you know, you, you, you make some calls and and connect with, with a Google, right. And Stanford Children's Hospital sort of, you know, all these different partners and you just begin sort of putting these pieces together. And I think just Sort of will these programs into, into existence. And, and I think that's a little bit the DNA that we also have at, at, at Eat Learn Play. And what an awesome opportunity we have, like representing two of the all time great people in Aisha and Stefan who have these amazing platforms. Like how fun is my job and is the job of our team to be able to work with these assets to, to create real and, and hopefully sustainable change locally.
0: Uh, and in a way that can be packaged and scaled more broadly too. Chris, I always wonder like w- with nonprofits and, and and I there's so much positivity there. And like I'm smiling thinking about the, the work you guys are doing with the, the hospital gowns, right? Because it's something that like seems so obvious, but like you said, it, it hasn't been tackled. It hadn't been tackled in a century. You know, and and now you've got this this immense platform with with Steph and Aisha to to do all kinds of creative things and bring these visions to life it isn't always glamorous, right? You know, one of the things I'm most proud of is is a friend of mine and I, you know, when we were in college, we started a charity event, you know, locally and we went to Penn State and we started a a charity event in town for two years at Penn State. We raised $300,000 over those two years. And when we left college, we wanted to find a way to continue to stay involved. But we had this vision. We had this vision that we could create a university platform college students to create fundraisers right like there are college students who are impassioned everywhere but they didn't necessarily have the tools to get started so we kind of created these fundraisers in a box for students whether you wanted to do a 5k and raise 50 grand 100 grand or you wanted to do a bake sale we created kind of the the marketing kit the tools to get started how to contact your local police chief and get roads closed things like that and we brought it to 50, you know 50 different campuses over a you know 8 9 year period and we raised a lot of money but we always ran into barriers, right? I mean, at every turn, it felt like in many ways, like no matter how good of a cause we were working for or towards, there was always something out to get us. There was always something hiding behind. And it felt like something that you know, was just kind of innate to the nonprofit charitable fundraising community engagement world. When you run into barriers, how do you stay positive and keep moving forward?
1: Yeah, I know it's 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 a great question. And by the way, I, I I've done my homework on you, Andrew, and the work that you've done, you know, through Penn State and otherwise. It's amazing. You know, I think it's just it's being really passionate and committed to that to that vision, and and sort of being willing to do whatever it takes to to see it through. But it's also recognizing, you know, that there's a lot of shortcomings that I have, right, and and maybe that you and your partner had too. Where those barriers weren't weren't something that you might be able to overcome on your own, and so you know, like make no mistake, the team, for example, that we have at Eat or Play right now, you know, it's just it, it, there there's so much complementary skill sets and and experiences that um you know that I think we've put the people in place who can help to overcome that, but I think also it's the ability to sort of. Act authentically and really earnestly to, to be able to lean on partners too, like community partners, donors, whoever it is in those times and sort of lay bare your, your, your challenges and, you know, and, and, and ask for help. And, you know, I, I always, you know, I use this expression that was taught to me years ago, but it's like together at takeoff, together at landing, you know, this idea that when you have a team and when you have partners who are bought in at the very beginning of a process, they're going to be the ones who are committed, right, and who are going to fight alongside of you along the way, so that you know when you land the plane, you're going to land it safely and, and and together, right? And so I think just having that partner orientation and really building some of that trust, not caring who gets the credit, just that the work gets done and the lives get positively impacted. Like I think with that as you know as 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 sort of part of the DNA from the beginning it's not easy overcoming those obstacles but it's but it's definitely it definitely makes them i think it can make some of these goals achievable where where others might get caught up with
0: it. speaking of obstacles chris and i want to i want to start getting into this the bus the the eat learn play bus which was unveiled september 8th not too long ago because i think it's another example of you and steph and aisha breaking down barriers and your team breaking down barriers I mean, obviously, there's a stigma for kids with so many of these services that you know, are often delivered. You said, let's flip that upside down and make this you know, receiving these community services a treat. Tell everybody about the Eat, Learn, Play bus. So
1: we're excited about the bus. I won't be able to hide that. We created uh, alongside some great partners, but we have built like the world's first of its kind Eat, Learn, Play bus that's really designed you know, at, at a very high level to be distributing the resources that communities need to where they are, right? And so this, we, we bought this old 38-foot, not too old, but an old 38-foot school bus and you know, basically took it down to the studs with this company, Cruising Kitchens, that, that, that we worked with. And down the passenger side of this bus, it opens up to be a free mobile market for the community. So we know right now in Oakland, sadly, that 37% of the community and of kids growing up in Oakland are in food insecure households. So they don't have reliable access to fresh, nutritious food. Through this bus, we're going to be distributing you know, a half a million pounds of, of fresh produce every year, other grocery staples, and then restaurant meals procured by, by local, um, mostly Black and women-owned restaurants in, in, in Oakland, being able to deliver great, nutritious food to kids and families wherever they are. And then the driver's side of this bus, Andrew, opens up to be a free library for the community. Actually, more appropriately, I think a free bookstore because you know the kids aren't having to return the books. The idea is that, you know, any kid can come up to the Ormplay bus and browse thousands of, of age and culturally appropriate books and take home two, three, four, five, however many books look interesting to them to read and to keep. You know, there's there's books on there for parents too, and also that on this driver's side of the bus, because of who one of our founders are, we had to put in a basketball hoop that actually operates on hydraulics so that Stefan and kids in the community can, can get their shots up too with this bus. And, and so our play pillar could be represented. But you, you touched on it, right? There's there's two other reasons that we created this bus. I mean, one is to help defeat the stigma of, of receiving free resources. Kids feel shame Oftentimes, when, when they have to go to the food bank or when they're getting free meals at school, and there's no reason for them to feel this way. And so our attitude is, let's, let's turn it on its head and give these kids in Oakland something better than really kids anywhere have uh, and make that experience one of dignity and, and joy. And then the other is just you know knowing that this Eat, and Play bus is, is so colorful and, and bold and will bring people to it. How can it also be an event space on wheels for a lot of our partners, whether that's like Under Armour and Curry brand so that they can be delivering sports apparel and equipment to kids throughout the year? Or, you know, one of our dear partners is Kaiser Permanente. You know, we're talking to them about having their optometrists and other sort of health service providers come out adjacent to the bus and be doing free eye screenings, you know, and giving free glasses to kids who, who, who need them. And so the bus, I think, is, is one of these creative ideas that we've brought to life. That we hope will have huge impact and and will inspire others. But I think the important point here too, Andrew, is just that, you know, it comes from understanding the community's needs and having a vision around that. Aisha, since we launched Eat Learn Play, has wanted to help address the food deserts that exist in Oakland. And the bus is a way to deliver hundreds of thousands of pounds of fresh produce right to kids and families where they are. You know, COVID made very clear that, you know you need to be meeting kids and families where they are and and you need to be able to you know go out into their communities instead of always have them come to you and so we put this thing on wheels right and so you know it's it's fun and it's ambitious and it's a little over the top but it is rooted in like in true community
0: needs which is why we we're, we're totally optimistic that it is going to be successful i'm going to link to a picture of this bus in the show notes so everybody listening can see you know and it's got the bookstore, it's, it's got the, the kind of cafeteria food court on one side, and then of course, it's got that, that hydraulic basketball hoop for uh, everybody in the community to play. Again, Chris, I think what's so cool about that, right, you hit on it there, is listening and understanding the needs of a community. I mean, so often, you know organizations are set up with great intentions, and celebrities get involved in causes with great intentions, but then there's this gap between what is being delivered and what's you know, actually needed. And it seems like there's such an acute focus for all of you on what is actually needed. And you've got the flexibility and the adaptability and the, the agility, uh, I guess you could say, to really adjust and fine-tune what you're doing.
1: Yeah. And, and listen, we're, we're two years into this thing and we haven't totally, we don't have it all figured out, right? Like even our play pillar, right? It's still relatively... Underdeveloped, uh, you know, but we're going through a huge listening exercise right there with the community to better understand what what the needs are. Yeah, I will give a lot of credit to to Aisha and Stefan here too. Right, like they knew the impact that they wanted to have, but you know, they've got bandwidth challenges and they don't know how to run a, a nonprofit organization. Though the, though they're they're pretty good in like their board chair and secretary roles <laughs> respectively. Like they empowered us to, to to do this with with a commitment to. Giving us time and all the resources we need to be, to be successful. And so, you know, it's, it is like it, that we've been able to pull this off is something we're pretty proud of, but it's not my credit to, to, to be had. And, you know, we're, we're never looking to take a bunch of
0: credit. It's just, you
1: know, I think, I think you end up being more successful when that's the case.
0: Let's stay on the topic of, of Stefan and Aisha a little bit. What's the, the biggest thing you, or most significant thing you've learned from them from working around them? That maybe people would find surprising
1: yeah it's a it's a great question I mean it's almost not- well it's surprising to me just how authentic and joyful they each are right they they both have these these public images of being you know generous and being you know of of bringing happiness to people and and truly being authentic and it's that case one hundred percent of the time right they um It's just, it's amazing to to be with Stefan, right? And to to see the hundredth kid of the day approach him, right? And still have him, you know, give each person the time, right? If you were interviewing him, Andrew, he'd have probably asked you like three or four questions about yourself already. And it's just for me, right? Like I still, I still end up shaking my head at both of them. I've I've known Stefan now like 10 years, and it's just to, to have somebody at a superstar level be be that grounded, that generous, and that plugged in, and that goes for both of them, right? It's just like, it's almost too good to be true, but it's not.
0: Well, and I think what's interesting about high performers, like both of them, right? That it, I find that so often, you know, because we, we talk to Olympic athletes and pro athletes, elite coaches, CEOs, best-selling authors all the time on this show. And what I'm finding is, is, Amazing is how transportable the skill sets and the way they approach things are from like one aspect of life to the other so often. And then, you know, how applicable some of the lessons that you know we can learn from you know somebody in sports or somebody in entertainment and apply it to business or community organizing or educate. There's so many parallels, right, that we can draw from. But what's what's really always amazing to me is you know the things that make you know Stefan good at what he does and Aisha good at what what she does are somewhat transportable but i guess it's it's amazing to see how, how effective they can be in so many different disciplines
1: <laughs> no you're 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 right and it's also impressive just to see how they choose to use their platform right for good but to that last point i mean i i can't agree more right they they are successful in virtually everything they do and i think a key part of that right and, and what sets them apart from almost everybody else is just this work ethic that is truly unbelievable And when no one is watching, just the work that you know
0: that both of them are putting in—it's you know there's just there's no substitute for it. That is exactly what we like to talk about here on Everybody Pulls the Tarp, Chris. This mindset where you're willing to do whatever it takes to advance the greater good. Before I let you go, you you've talked about your team. Obviously, we talked a lot about Stefan and Aisha. You've talked about some of the people you work with as a leader who has a big job and a and a big mission. How do you go about putting the the right people around you? Yeah,
1: it's it's a great question. Um, and it's it's taken, you know, it's taken a lot of time to hone. And I still don't have it totally figured out. But I think it it starts with self-awareness for me, right? And and trying to make sure that I'm self-aware enough to know where my blind spots are, where my strengths and weaknesses are, and, and you know, and and then surrounding, you know, myself and, and building the team with. You know, a, a diverse group of of people whose skill sets and experiences really complement one another, and so I do think I do think that self awareness is is key. And then another part of it, right? And I'm not trying to give you too much of a plug, but what everybody pulls the tarp is about, and this idea of nothing is beneath me, right? In, in this job, you know, I think that has to ring true for any successful leader, you know. And I spent the better part of all 2019 as a, as a team of one. Uh, full-time staff members at, at Eat Learn Play and in that capacity really had to do every job at, at the organization. And I did some of those jobs better than others, but I have an appreciation for what everybody on the team does as a result of it. I think I can lead them better. But, you know, again, a lot of it is just self-awareness to know where I might be good and, and where I need help and just, you know, and trying to make sure that the team has that level of self-awareness as well.
0: Chris, this has been so much fun. There's no question that you and Stefan and Aisha and the whole team are a bunch of tarp pullers there at Eat, Learn, Play. I can't wait to see where all this goes. I'm going to link to uh, Eat, Learn, Play in the show notes. Everybody can check out a picture of the bus and hear all all the great work that Chris and team are doing. Chris, keep pulling the tarp and let's do this again. Let's get an update one of these days, all right?
1: Andrew, thank you so much for uh, having me. This was a lot of fun.
0: All right, thank you, Chris. Take care. Thank you for joining me this week. Be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you can catch all of our upcoming episodes. And if you are like me and want a world full of tarp pullers, then leave a review to help others find us. You can also follow me on Instagram at Andrew Moses 123 and sign up for my monthly email newsletter at everybodypullsthetarp.com slash newsletter. I'll share tips and insights to help you achieve maximum success and happiness. Today is a great day to pull the tarp. I am rooting for you. See you next time.